listening to the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Heaven Lee is a plant-based entrepreneur, third-generation female restaurateur, and owner of Bodhi Restaurant Bar in Sydney. Bodhi was opened by Heaven's mother in 1988. As a third-generation female restaurateur, Heaven's mission is to make plant-based food fun and accessible for people to incorporate into their daily lives. In this podcast episode, Heaven talks about her business journey, balancing a full family life with running several businesses and projects, along with the launch of her new website. Hi Heaven, thanks so much for joining us here today. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be able to spend a bit of time with you today. Absolutely. You're such an interesting person. I've got so many questions. It'll be like, oh my gosh, these two are yabbering too much. Get them off. We need two two episodes to cover or three. (laughs) So you know what I'd love you to do if it's okay is literally just introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah, so my name is Heaven Lee. I am the owner and operator of Bodhi Restaurant, which is a plant-based business that has been in operation in Sydney now for 33 years. It's the largest and oldest running restaurant. And then we also have a bunch of other little side projects that we work on as well, all within the wellness lifestyle space. Oh, my goodness. And you're also a mother? I am. I'm a mother of two amazing children, although they drive me crazy, but they are amazing, five and seven. Um, and my other child is my husband. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you're, you're doing the balancing act like a lot of us. Yes. It is not easy. It looks like I'm doing well, but it is that, you know, paddling underwater while on top I'm trying to look like I'm smooth sailing. Absolutely. Did you have much of a break over the summer holidays? I did. So I used to always work in the summer because it's, you know, hospitality and usually that's our busiest time of year. But this last couple of years, I try and take a break over Christmas. Now the kids are at school, you sort of want to spend that quality family time. So we went up to Byron, spent some time in the hinterland and then out to the coast. It was just divine. Divine. We went to to Byron as well. In fact, I think you went literally the week after we we got back. But isn't it? I mean, I could could live there. I can see why people move there. I know. Did you do the whole, oh, I wonder how much the properties are up yes. here. Let's just have a little. <laughs> we did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sydney, Sydney person thing to do up in Byron. Well, let's Isn't just it? check out the real estate prices while we're up here. I know. <laughs> my goodness. All right. How about we talk about Bodhi Restaurant to start off with because that that is absolutely amazing. If you can just tell everyone, you know, the proposition behind Bodhi and also how long it's been going for as well. Yeah, so Bodhi started in 1988. I'm third-generation hospitality. Um, My grandfather sort of had, you know, takeaway shops and Asian sort of little restaurant sort of style venues in Chatswood and Dundas on the North Shore. And then my mother started the original Bodhi, like I said, in 1988 um, in Sussex Street in Chinatown. Uh, And eventually she resigned and finished off um, and I took over the business around the year 2000 and can have, have kind of continued to grow. So she had it for about 12 years. There was a bit of a lap over period. And then I kind of um, really sort of took the helm of the business around about that time. I mean, we had seven venues at that time. So it was a lot. Um, and so she started to slowly retire and I started to ramp up. But this particular boating, Cook and Phillip Park, has always been my baby. So yeah. um, that's always, and now it's the flagship 
restaurant. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So what has yeah. the Bodhi journey been like over the last, you know, we're talking three mm. decades. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, such an interesting, uh, it's such an interesting story. I mean, far we come from a Chinese restaurant that was above a butcher's shop, and which was weird because we were vegetarian, so all the little vegans would be like, oh, as they're walking up the stairs to get to the good food up the top. Um, <laughs> so going from that kind of, and very traditional Buddhist Taoist kind of monk food, like I like to call it, like that old school vegetarian food, um, going from that and evolving into you know, various cafes, restaurants, we even had convenience stores, pie manufacturing distribution, which was on sold. So we kind of spread our wings in that plant-based space. Um, and it really was a lot for a small family unit, which is, you know, really mum and I and mm-hmm. one of her brothers to kind of manage. And then um, I sort of always thought that I could evolve the brand into something a little bit more interesting and mm-hmm. better. You know, I, I, I suffer from the syndrome of, Oh, how would I do this better? How would I change this? I don't know if you do the same thing. Like when I'm on holidays or anything, I'm always sitting down going, oh, if this was my Airbnb, this is how I would do it. If this was my restaurant, how would I, you know, style it to be the way I would want it all these service tricks and um, I would expect my staff to have. So, you know, I kind of I saw a lot of holes in the business, even though it was very successful as it was, and I wanted to see it improve and grow. And then I wanted to put my own fingerprint on it, so to speak, and, my own identity onto it so we kind of evolved and changed it but it's it's been a fascinating journey in the sense that um it's been a lot of roller coaster rides it's been a lot of ups and downs I mean we we almost lost everything in early 2000s basically um you know which is a really tough journey to go through uh and then having to sort of build that confidence back with consumers as well was a, a, a big sort of task and it took us quite a few years to rebuild the business successfully and and so forth. So it's, it's had its ups and downs. And then, of course, yeah. we've had COVID, you know, this year how, too. How, so. did, how did COVID affect you? Was Were you okay once you could reopen? Yeah. I mean, COVID was more tough because we have a lot of very young kids that work for us. Right. Um, in You know, they're students. You know, maybe they're studying at university. Maybe they're in, uh, from overseas. Um, maybe they're just starting out their career. So for me, having been through that sort of roller coaster ride in my business previously, I had a pretty high benchmark of crisis points. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of these young kids, they didn't have that. So for them, COVID, this, what we've been through, this economic crisis that we're about to go through, it's huge. Whereas for me, I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as it was when we almost lost everything, so I'm going to be fine. I'll manage, I'll cope. So there has been a bit of a mental health toll on some of the younger people. Um, I think that was something I didn't quite expect. But as a business, we've been okay. I mean, it was yeah. tough to say goodbye to a few staff um, when we had to close down, but they all came back, which was mm. great. Um, and yeah. we spent a lot of time during COVID investing in those relationships with staff so that they would return once we reopened. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that your level of, you know, being able to cope in a crisis has increased because you've been through something before. I actually had a mm. guest on last week, Baha Etmanen, and she said yeah. exactly the same thing. She'd been through three crises before she hit and she had a hell of a lit year last year beyond COVID. And she just said she knew from experience, she knew she had to pull that lever of change before the crisis hit. Um, I mean, COVID was a little bit different, but she just said, you know, you build resilience yes. through experience. That's for sure. 
A hundred percent. I yeah. think there's a huge, um, there's huge merit in that sort of life experience and and having gone through that roller coaster ride. I'm a much tougher operator than I was previously, mm. and my 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 benchmark for um, for surviving these things is you know much higher. So. I think it's always interesting. Well, I think you also learn from experience that you have to remove emotion from business. And that is really hard to do when you're a heartfelt business and you just want to please everyone and say yes. Like there is such, there's such a fine line between going, I'm running a business, I've got to be stern and I've got to make these decisions and calls, but you also want to be, you also want to be nice about everything as well. No, 100%. And I see it a lot in startup businesses as mm. well. I, you know, we like to sort of invest in other plant-based businesses. And I often, you know, in doing my research about the companies that we are potentially going to either invest in or mentor um, as well, I always find it really interesting the things that business owners will dig their heels in about and refuse to change. And I always have to say to them, like, you have to be willing to adapt and to change. You can't be too idealistic about it. You have to make you have to be a little bit less emotional and a little bit more cutthroat about the decisions that you're going to make about your business. Otherwise, long-term, you might not necessarily survive as easily as somebody who's willing to, I hate to use the word, but pivot, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, look, this comes with experience, really, doesn't it? Mm. Because, yeah, yeah. You, your skin has to thicken along the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can't be too attached to certain things. I mean, in a perfect world, I would have this idealistic business. And I think we've, we're pretty close to hitting, you know, everything that I want to do. Um, but there have been certain things that I've had to compromise on. It hasn't mm. been the plant-based thing. But there are definitely things that I've had to compromise on what I want and how I want to do things to ensure that the business survived and was successful long-term, yeah. um, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, we, we've been wanting to overhaul, you know, the renovations and and the sites for a very, very long time, but we, we've had to put that sort of stuff on hold because we knew it just wasn't the right time mm. to pull the trigger um, economically. And I think that that's important too because it's very easy to get emotionally attached to your business and say, oh, but I really want it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so true. So, you know, with your business, because you've obviously got, got a lot of things going on, like do you, mm. did you start off with business plans or did you kind of more feel your way or how, how was the way, how was your journey getting started? Yeah, so interestingly, because this was already an established business, my mother never did a business plan. She was just a doer. You know, she didn't believe in sitting down and writing everything down. She's like, there's a shop, I'm going to take it, and we're just going to do it. We'll figure it out as we go. She was that kind of person. Um, and interestingly now, I do I do think it's important to have a business plan, but I, I also think it's important not to let your business plan trap you. You know, sometimes people can get too caught up in the planning stage and forget that you've really still got to execute it, you know, and you're not going to know certain things until you're – actually executing it and seeing where the holes are. You can't predict everything. So I do think it's important to have a business plan, but I don't think it needs to be the perfect business plan. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think the business plan can identify holes and things that you haven't thought of, but then you're right, you have to move ahead and you make these discoveries yeah. along the way. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like when you're launching a new product. Um, one of the things that I've learned recently is that, when you're looking at doing that, I, you know, I want the packaging to be perfect. I want the 
journey to be perfect. I want you know every single detail to be perfect. But often that will hold you up in development for years. Mm. There's no, it's not always going to be a perfect product. The product you start with is not always going to be the product you're going to end up with in two years' time. Yeah. So you know, get as good a product as you can to market. Get the feedback from your customers. Get the feedback from the people around you that you trust, that is that are your mentors within the industry, and then start to develop it even further until it does become yeah. you know the product of your dreams yeah. sort of thing so yeah what would you say what's your daily role these days because you you're wearing so many different hats like ah. how would you describe <laughs> your role um I would say mum first <laughs> that's probably the very first thing and then at work my role has really changed over the years I think now in in the past my role was more doing um, and executing, and now my role is a lot more touching base with department heads and right. making sure that the overall direction of the company is, you know, heading in the right direction, basically. Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of one-on-one meetings in my day. So I'll, you know, touch base with marketing and PR. I'll touch base with, you know, sort of restaurant managers, GMs, that kind of thing. Um, so we all have scheduled days that we work together on. So that's my kind of day to day. And there's a lot of running around and trying to fit all of that in before the school run is probably the toughest part. So you kind of have to now be a lot more regimented about getting stuff done, yeah. basically. Mm. Um, and then once the school run is done, I mean, they can, you know, they can call me and so forth, but I try to switch off so I'm focused on the kids. And then I might pick it up again later on in the evening. So this is the first year my both my kids are at school, so this is going to be a new way of working mm. for me, um, and hopefully that will kind of be successful. <laughs> we'll have to wait. You just have to constantly evolve, don't you? That's what I was just about to say, because especially when they first start school, you know, they've got different sports at different terms, and you just get into a routine, and then it all changes. So I think oh. that that's a big thing, is you, you have to be flexible, otherwise you're just going to be in a yeah. bad mood about it. Yeah, and you've got to, you know, we're sort of in the process of – sort of working with my team mm. and sort of saying to them, okay, you guys, it's lovely to chat to you and have a bit of fun because we all love a bit of banter in this place, but now we need to get a little bit more strict about you've got this much time with me, we've got 10 minutes, let's get it done. And mm. it's amazing how much more we've been able to get done in the shorter time frame. There's a lot of, um, not time wasting, but there's a lot of, you know, stuff on the side that doesn't, that's not necessarily needed to get things yeah. done in a day. So yeah. you just become a bit more cutthroat about what you need to do. Absolutely. And you're doing mentoring, are you, in the industry, are you? Yeah, so I've always loved having this sort of slightly mentorship role um, with especially young women coming up in the industry. Yeah. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of great men in the industry, don't get me wrong, this is nothing against any of them, but there really is a lack of really strong female leadership. Um, I mean, I remember growing up, I mean, you had Kylie Kong, you know, a couple of other mm. people, but you, you didn't have a huge array of, you know, women, Asian women that were in the hospitality industry that were really well recognised. So I think it's important to sort of mentor young women to come through this industry because there really is so much talent out there, a huge talent pool that really isn't tapped into. Um, and often it just comes down to a confidence thing. So there's that sort of mentorship. And then the other sort of mentorship I like doing is I often get approached by, you know, maybe plant-based businesses that are starting up or eco-style businesses, and they just sort of want a little bit of advice on, you know, the direction of their business, you know, what it is that we think they're doing right, what it is that they're doing wrong, um, 
you know, where do we see their brand in the marketplace, all of that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, right. I mean, look, it's, it's a difficult um, industry in a way that, you know, a lot of your business is reliant on your staff and your staff can become transient and also it's in a plant-based mm. business, there's a lot of, like, things they need to skill up on as well depending yeah. on where they are. So it's it's not an easy business to run. Would you say that? No. No, it's definitely not. There's a lot of nuances to our style of business that there aren't in others. So I always like to use the example of if you go to a regular Italian restaurant, you just are going for the food. There's not really a lot more behind it except for great food, great company with your friends and so forth. Um, Whereas a business like ours, there's a bit more of a community behind it. You know, they want to know, where do I buy this? What products do you recommend? You know, how do I become plant-based? Where do I go shopping? What do I eat? What's, you know, is this, is honey vegan? I mean, there's, you know, there's a whole plethora of, and then that leads on into lifestyle sort of stuff. You know, how do I keep healthy? How do I keep fit? Um, how do I get more nutrients and supplements into my diet? And, and so it kind of becomes a much bigger piece than, say, a regular Italian restaurant. Yeah. So do you find that the people that come and eat ask you all these questions? Do they? Yes. Really? 100%. Yeah. We have a very vocal community. I mean, we put out like an EDM every three weeks um, and we get, you know, customers responding to that EDM saying, oh, we love this piece of content or why did you pick that photo? Or, hey, just to let you know, we feel like the messaging on this was a little bit wishy. You know, they're really an engaged audience, which is wonderful. Um, And we have to be really grateful for that. Definitely. Mm. So where where else, beyond the EDMs and social media, are you providing this information for them? Like, do you have a section on your website or is there, a, is there a plan for more of a hub or is it more just, you know, like when you're speaking to them in, in the restaurant? Um, a lot of it is in person. Uh, yeah. I mean, we used to have probably about 75% vegetarians and vegans coming in to eat and now it's only about 50-50. Yeah. So we actually get a lot of carnivores that come in that are kind of, I call them vegan curious. Um, and so they like to come in and ask a lot of questions. We do, with the EDM, we have sort of started building a catalogue of sort of content um, that you can actually get into at any time on the website as well. So it's always available there. It's everything from um, videos of recipes through to, you know, what are the best faux fur brands in Australia, that sort of thing, if you're looking at buying a, a nice faux fur coat for the wintertime, skincare products, home cleaning products, mm. um, all of that. So sort of biodegradable phone covers, you know, anything that sort of falls into that eco-wellness space, we kind of like to cover. Um, and that content is always available on Bodhi's website. So the whole right. catalogue of that content is always there. And then now we've got my website as well. So oh, there'll be a whole bunch your, of stuff on there. Okay. Okay. So I, did, I wasn't aware of that. So you've got your own ah. personal brand website. That can yeah, so keep you busy. <laughs> Yes, it's actually just launched this week. I did it. Um, yeah, so we only just, you know, soft launch things. I'm a big believer right. in soft launches yeah. to test everything out. So that's just come out this week, um, and that will also house, house its own, you know, digital content as well for those that are interested in more of the lifestyle side. I think Bodhi's focus will go back to being more of the food right. side of things, um, the plant-based food side of things, and then I'll probably pull more of the lifestyle content under my umbrella, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever have a plan in the future to release a product at all? 
Yeah, so we are currently in development for some plant-based products um, that we're looking at wanting to launch either towards the end of this year or early next year. Um, One of the big things that we always get asked by customers is the nutritional side of things. So that's the space that we're looking at playing in. Um, And so we'll see how that goes while we're developing that. I mean, I've got a lot of test. I've got a lot of guinea pigs to test it on at the business in the restaurant, which is great. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. it's my testing ground, which is fantastic because, I, you know, and even with customers, it's great to utilize them to test that product to get feedback on. Um, and I mean, I guess Bodhi is almost like a funnel business that kind of leads into these other segments that mm. we have. Uh, so there's that with the, the sort of product thing. And then we've sort of been, you know, talking about some television opportunities and stuff that have been coming up, which will be really interesting, hopefully over the next, you know, 12, 18 yeah. months. You need to clone yourself because there's so many opportunities. I'm sure your brain never stops because there's so many things that you yeah. could do that you know will be an instant success. Because you've already created yeah. the foundation brand and you've, you've got a captive audience and it's like, oh, my yeah. gosh, which one am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah, because we've, you know, really this community has always been around Bodhi. We just never, um, I don't know the term to use, I think we really only started harnessing that community in the last year or two. We wanted to see whether there was a genuine interest in all of these additional sort of lifestyle mm. topics. And it's been quite successful. Um, You know, our click rates are really, really high. The content pieces are doing really, really well. The videos are doing fantastic sort of things. So we know that there's a lot of interest in what we're doing. So it's now about sort of expanding that um, across, you know, all the different projects that we have. Oh, how exciting. I know. Good. You know, it was supposed to be 2020, but COVID kind of threw a spanner in everybody's year. So I'm like... 2021, I'm hoping, is going to be a little bit more of a, you know, exciting year. Yeah. All right. So we do it. We've got all of this going on. We've got the yeah. family. So is there any me time in there? Definitely. I think it's really important yeah. that, you know, mums put some me time aside. I'm really guilty of not looking after myself first, but looking after my kids and my partner and my parents and all of that sort of stuff and the business before myself. And what I was finding was I was, you know, I was burning out basically Mm. and I wasn't giving the best of myself to anybody um, and that's not a good place to be in. So I think it's really important that you restock the well, so to speak, Mm. um, and look after yourself a little bit. And it's not selfish and it's not, even though I, you know, felt guilty and the mum guilt, the business guilt, all of that sort of stuff. It's not a bad thing because then you are performing at a higher level and you're able to give a little bit better of yourself to everybody around you. What do you do to switch off and look after yourself? Oh, my goodness. I'm a big believer in doing some form of yoga or meditation um, on a daily basis or some journaling as well. I think journaling is a fantastic form to kind of get your thoughts on paper and to sort of set goals and directions and to create mindfulness in your day um, and to be present in that present moment instead of just kind of bouncing from thing to thing. So I love doing that first thing in the morning. And for me, if you had to say what was the ultimate me time, pre-COVID, I would say going on retreats. I would do big yoga, colonics, detox, juice fasting, the whole, you know, kitten caboodle. I'd probably fly off to Bali or somewhere in Thailand and do one of these, you know, retreats for maybe two weeks. 
So that's mm. my ultimate, ultimate yeah. me time. Yes. I have to say I'm craving a retreat because I usually do one once a year. And yes. so last year, none. And now I'm kind of like, oh, my God, like when? You feel when? it. When? Yes. You feel it. I think it's um, – I, I did. I was like I was saying, I used to feel a little bit guilty about it. But to be honest, every everybody should invest a little bit Agreed. into themselves by giving themselves that space and time to think and to, you know, do what it is that is going to reset you um, and reinvigorate you for, you know, the next 12 months. And I think mm-hmm. going away on a retreat once a year, you can't do better oh. than that. So good. And not, not just lying by the beach. No, you know what I, I mean? Agree. Like for me, I, I, I can't do it. I love lying by the beach, don't get me wrong, but it has to be something that feeds the soul and feeds my, you know, emotion and my creativity and my, you know, physicality and all of those things. Like I need to nourish myself once a year. Mm. Um, and that's what yeah. these retreats do for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. What are a couple of your favorite dishes on the Bodhi menu? Oh my gosh, there are so many. Um, at the moment, I'm, I mean, dumplings are always a must mm. on the Bodhi menu. So that, <laughs> that goes without saying. I mean, I can eat dumplings till the cows come home. Um, dumplings are great, but on the nighttime menu, nighttime's a little bit more interesting. I would probably say at the moment for a dessert, I'm loving the lavender cake. We have oh. the most gorgeous lavender um, and yuzu-infused cake. And then for mains, at the moment, there's a beautiful zucchini star with a rendang curry sort of filling, um, brown rice filling, and then the other one is uh, finger eggplant. Oh, right. Your eggplant. zucchini so, yeah. flowers, stuffed zucchini flowers. Oh, yes, you the have best, them. Are the best I've ever, ever, ever had in my entire life. They, yes. like, I've, I've told so many people about them. They are amazing. <laughs> they, they They're really good, amazing. right? Wow. Don't ever change the recipe because you've got it. No, that's just, yeah, uh, that was actually Brooke's recipe. So I cannot take any credit for that particular recipe at all. She came up with this one and I'd never had a curried flavored Mm. rice inside a zucchini sauce. So I was like, oh, is this really going to work? And when she gave it to me, I was like, oh, that's actually, that's not bad. I quite like that one. Yeah. yeah. Because there's not very many dishes that you have that you're still thinking about and talking about months later. You know, and um, that's one. Yeah. That's one. All right. So, where can everyone, first of all, find Bodhi, but also find you? Okay. So, Bodhi physically is located um, in Cook and Phillip Park, which is under St. Mary's Cathedral uh, next to Hyde Park in the city, in Sydney. In Sydney, for um, everyone listening. In Sydney. Yes, Sydney. You've got to come down to Sydney. <laughs> I know that everyone says come and open a place in Melbourne and Byron, but not yet. <laughs> um, that's there. And then for me, most of my stuff is now launched on heavenly.com.au. Uh, so you can find content about me and what I'm up to and what I'm doing and sort of watch that sort of journey of developing new products and talking about lifestyle and, um, and just seeing that journey that we're going through. Yeah. So what I'll also do is on my website, which is relauncher.com.au, I'll put all the links and you'll be able to find both Heaven and Bodhi there. Thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed this chat. I know. I know. I feel like I've been rabbiting at you, though. No, no, no. No, no, no. That was perfect. We loved it. So thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you, gorgeous lady. (laughs) 